All right, praise God. All right, let me pray, and then we're going to jump in. Father, I love you. I'm so thankful for this great church. I'm so thankful for this great group of people, Father God. Lord, my prayer this morning is that their ears are open, their hearts are open. We'd see who we are. We'd see what our inheritance is. We'd see who we are, and we'd see what our inheritance is. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Jesus is with his disciples, and they're leaving Bethany, and they're going into Jerusalem. And as they're going into Jerusalem, Jesus is hungry. And it's, the Bible says in Mark 11 that he sees a fig tree. And he's thinking, hey, I'll pluck some figs off this tree. He gets to it. There's no fruit. And so he says, no one will eat off the fruit of you ever again. He goes on into Jerusalem. They go to the temple. He goes in. There are the money changers. He drives them out with a whip. That evening, they spend the night, they get up the next morning, and they start back to Bethany. On their way back, one of the disciples notices this tree, bush, whatever, and notices that it's dead. And the statement in the Bible is, it's dead from the roots. It's not just withered. It's not just stressed because it needs water. It's dead from the roots up. It's graveyard dead. All right, the leaves are dead, the, the tree is dead, and they notice it. And one of them says, hey, Lord, that's that tree you talked to. And he says, yeah, let me tell you something. Have the faith of God. That's the original translation. Your Bible says have faith in God, and they're both very powerful. But the original text says have the faith of God. What's the faith of God? God believed in what he said, and he wants you to do the same thing. And he says this to him, hey, guys, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith, he'll have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. Here's what Jesus didn't do. He didn't say, hey guys, isn't that cool? Man, I'm God. You know, I told that tree to die and it did. And uh, if you don't do what I say, I might tell you to die. He didn't do that, did he? See, he, he didn't say, hey, I'm God and I can do that. Don't you wish you could? He didn't say that. Here's what he said. He said, hey, guys, my words have power. Now, there's not a person in this room that would disagree with that. There's not a person in this room would disagree with that. Jesus said, hey, my words have power. But then here's the stunning next statement. And so do yours. And so do yours. Hey, guys, my words have power, and so do your words. Now, I just want to call you out, and I want to include me in it. We don't believe that. We don't believe it for five minutes. You know how I know? Just listen to the things we say. We don't use our words like we believe that our words have power, because if we did, we wouldn't say the things we say. See, we don't think our words sometimes mean anything. We don't think our words have destiny in them. We don't think our words are deciding our future. Because if we really truly believe that, we'd talk differently. 
Jesus said, hey, guys, my words have power, but so do yours. Whosoever, any one of you, whosoever will decide to speak, whosoever will say unto the mountain. Now, I made this statement last week, and I'd just like to remind you if I could. It doesn't say one thing in that verse about prayer. It doesn't say to pray. It doesn't say to talk to God. It says talk to your mountain. And I made this incredible statement last week, and many of you heard it, and some of you didn't hear it, and that is stop telling God how big your mountain is and start telling your mountain how big your God is. Stop talking to God about your problems and start talking to your problems. Jesus said, if you will say to your mountain, whatever that is, maybe you have a mountain of debt and you need supernatural supernatural help with your finances. Maybe you have a mountain of sickness in your family. Maybe you're on the verge of divorce or maybe you've been through divorce. Maybe you've gotten a report at the doctor that isn't that good. Maybe you have fear. I mean, the li- couldn't the list go on and on? We're all facing things. I can stand up here and tell you bad stories about my life that I could pick out any one of you and you could come up and tell me bad stories about your life. You know, I was trying to whine the other day to my wife. That's always a mistake. It's always a mistake. Okay, my wife has no mercy when it comes to whining and complaining. And I thought I might just sneak in close to her and whine a little bit. Just just a little bit. And she nailed me instantly. She said, stop acting mully grubby. Stop whining. I'm like, all I wanted was a little love, you know. And she loves me, but she's not going to tolerate that. Listen to me. What if you start talking to your mountains? That's what Jesus said do. Whosoever shall say unto their mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he says. Now, listen, church, this principle, this truth can change your life. Now, maybe you were taught something different than that, but I'm just trying to tell you what Jesus said. And if you're thinking in your head all the reasons why this won't work, all the reasons why this isn't true, then I I just want to encourage you. I'm not saying these words. Jesus is saying these words. See, one of the worst things that's ever happened to us is religion. And we've learned to dumb down the Bible, and we've learned to fill our hearts with fear, doubt, and unbelief, and somehow that's spiritual. Well, that's not really what God meant. You know, Jesus said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you, and in my Father's house are many mansions. Well, that's not really what that means. Well, why in the world didn't he say what he meant? That's my question. If he didn't mean what he said, why didn't he say what he meant? If that's not true, maybe John 3, 16 is not true. I mean, maybe Romans 10, 9, and 10 is not true. Listen, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Now, here's the next verse. I love this. He says, therefore, I say. Now, here's the coolest thing about this. What have I told you? Anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, you're supposed to find out what it's there for. Amen? What's it there for? So he quotes Mark 11, 23. He says that, and then he says, therefore. 
In other words, hey, ladies and gentlemen, since your words have power, therefore, therefore I say. Now, I love this. You know what he's doing? He's invoking his own promise. See what he just tell them? He said, hey, guys, whoever will say to their mountain, be removed, will be cast into the sea. Therefore, I say. In other words, he believes in his own promise enough that he immediately steps into it and uses it. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you'll receive them and you'll have them. Now, the first verse doesn't say one thing about prayer. The second verse does. In the first verse, he says, you speak to your mountain. You, you speak to your mountain. And you tell it, my daddy is going to whip your tail. My daddy is bigger than you've ever thought about being. You see, that's what the, the spies did when they came back from the promised land. Remember, they sent the spies and they came back and they said, oh my gosh, there's giants. They're huge. Oh my Lord. And only two of them. Only two of them said they may be big, but our God's bigger. And the 10 started bawling and said, we can't go. And the other two said, we can go. Well, the majority won. You might stop listening to the majority. And they spent 40 years in the desert because of it. Now, here's what's interesting in that story. God says they gave an evil report. Now, if I got up here this morning and I said, stop being evil. I mean, I'm a good preacher. So I'm going to get up this morning and say, every one of you better stop being evil. I wonder what that would mean to you. Well, some of you would think, man, I got to quit cussing, <clears throat> right? I mean, I, you know, my wife's always telling me, stop that, right? Men, women don't cuss, right? Ladies, come on, men, <clears throat> I'm trying to give you a break here. I mean, we could think of all kinds of things that we would think are evil. Now, this is going to mess you up. But do you know what God considers evil? A bad report. See, God said they gave an evil report. What did that mean? That means they came back and they said, there's giants and our God's not big enough. And God considered that evil. Isn't that amazing? So when you see your mountain, no matter how big it is, your God is bigger. And you tell your mountain, no, oh, daddy's way bigger than you. Whether it's your health, it doesn't matter what it is, health, whatever it is. So then Jesus says, therefore I say, I'm going to use my own promise. Therefore I say, what things soever you desire. All right, now stop right there. You know what Jesus said in the next promise? He said, whatever you desire. Now, I've had people tell me, oh, God won't meet your desires. He only meets your needs. Don't you love that? Religious bullcrap is what that is. And I'm being very kind and careful, okay? Oh, God won't meet your desires. He only meets your needs. It's not what Jesus said. Now, there are plenty of verses in the Bible about the will of God, and don't come up after church with one of them. This verse right here says whatever you desire. So my question this morning is, 
what do you desire? See, if you've sat in church before, you've been told, oh, you can't desire much of anything because all that matters is the will of God and God's going to do whatever he wants. Jesus said, therefore, I say unto you, whatever you desire. He said, what things uh, soever you desire. I was in Midland, Odessa this year at Jeremy Sutton's church and they had a men's dinner and I went with them to a steakhouse to have dinner. And there, I, there was a room full of men there. And then I got up to share with the men after they ate. And I took our cards. You know the cards we do at the beginning of the year? And you write down what you're thankful for. And then you write down uh, what you'd like to see God do. We did that while we were at Jesus Chapel this year. Everywhere I go, if I have an opportunity, I do that. And I told them the same thing I tell you. 80% of people have no dreams. Out of the 20% that do, only 10% of them write them down and only 5% review them. And I, and I talked about how powerful it is to write down what you'd like to see happen in your life. And so I'm sitting at a table with some men. Then there's a young men on the corner and man everybody's writing and everybody's writing down what they're thankful for and they're writing down what they want to see God do in their life and this young man leans up close to me and he whispers and he says would it be okay if I put on my list that I want a boat now you may not need a boat or want a boat and I feel sorry for you Amen. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at the boat people. Amen. But this guy was taught. See, he was taught that idea that God's not interested in that. God's not interested in any of those things. All God's interested in is you being in church and you being religious. God's not interested in you having a certain kind of car or pickup or boat. See, God's not interested in that. And I've told the story many, many times about Bebo and how in the early days of his walk, he didn't know whether God cared about whether he had a job or not. And he was ministered to by another believer who said, hey, God does care about that. Jesus concurs in this promise, whatever you desire. And then it says things in King James. Whatever things you desire when you pray. So could I just encourage you this morning? The promise of your heavenly father is he cares about your desires. He cares about the things that are on your heart and they're not too small and they're not too big and he's interested and he wants you to talk to him about those things. He wants you to bring those things to him in prayer and don't let anybody tell you, oh, God's not interested in that because Jesus said right here in Mark eleven twenty four that he is interested. Therefore, I say, what things soever you desire when you pray, You know what God wants you to do in prayer? Bring your desires to him. But now you know what most of us do, don't you? Well, we make heaven a complaint counter. Most of the time when we pray, we're going to God with our complaints. And I've done it. I'm I'm not going to stand up here and say that I haven't. We talk to God about everything wrong in our life. Now, what if? What if you took everything wrong in your life and you treated it like a mountain and you began to speak to it, then when you went to your father in prayer, you talked to him about your desires and what you'd like to see happen in your life. Hey, listen, if you you need a new or a better car, God's interested in that. If you need a car that gets better gas mileage and doesn't break down, God's interested in that. 
If you need your business to do better and for your employees to be better, God's interested in that. If you need something to happen in your health, God's interested in that. Are you with me? Whatever you desire when you pray. Hey, Lord, this is what I'd like to have. And see, people will say, well, I don't know about that, Pastor. I don't know that you can do that. Well, Jesus said you could. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. And you'll have whatsoever you pray. So in these two verses are two amazing promises. The very first word is whosoever. This belongs to anybody that wants it. Remember I did the analogy the last week of the cafeteria? And when you go through the cafeteria line, you get whatever you want. The kingdom of God is the very same way. Okay, you know what Jesus is saying this morning? You can have the delight plate. You can have a little. You can have fish with no tartar sauce. How terrible. You can have broccoli with no butter. How terrible. Or cheese. Okay, you can skip the pie. You can skip the bread. And you can drink water. If that's what you want. You ever heard people say, oh, I just want a cabin in the corner of glory. You ever heard anybody say that? Right? Oh, I just, man, I just want to slide in by the skin of my teeth. I just, I just hope I make it. That's all that matters to me. Well, they're living on the delight plate. Or God doesn't care if you get double meat, double pie, all carbs, get macaroni and cheese, get bread, get uh, potatoes and gravy. Go ahead and get the brown gravy. Get millionaire pie, get cherry pie. Go ahead. It's okay. Whatever you desire. You know what's wrong with people, don't you? Their desires are too small. Because I'm not picking on anybody, but we've been taught that, right? Don't expect much from God. God doesn't want to do much in your life. And it's a lie. Jesus said, whoever will say to their mountain, be removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith will come to pass. Proverbs says life and death is in the power of the tongue. My question to you this morning is, are you speaking life over your family or death? Are you speaking life over your job and business or death? Well, I know, Pastor, but. Now, you know what that is. That's billy goat religion. What do billy goats do? They but. You get it, right? That was a good joke. They but, right? I know, Pastor, but you don't understand. You don't understand, Pastor, but you don't get it. But my situation's different. But this can't apply to me. No, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Whosoever shall say, hey, mountain, get out of my way. Hey, mountain of debt, I command you to be cast into the sea. How's God gonna do that, Pastor? I have no idea. That's his business. That's his problem. Amen? That's not my problem. I don't know how. That's what gets me in trouble. That's what gets you in trouble because you want to figure it out. See, you want to think for God. You want to limit God to how he can do it. Be thou cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say... 
what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe you receive them and you'll have them. Now, folks, that's straight out of the Bible. I'm not adding anything to it. I'm not trying to put my doctrine on it. I'm not trying to twist it to get it to say something that it doesn't say. Would you not agree? It's straight out of the Bible. These promises belong to you. What things soever you desire when you pray. So what if this week you took your desires to Jesus? Amen? Hey, Lord, this is what I desire. Lord, this is what I'd like to have. Lord, this is what's going on in my life. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. Would you bow your head with me and let me pray for you? Excuse me. Father God, I want to thank you this morning for the promises in your word. Lord, you said that the promises of the Father are always yes and amen. In other words, they belong to us. Hey, Lord, can I have that? The answer is yes, you can. Father, would you make the promise of speaking come alive in our heart? Would you make the promise of prayer come alive in our heart that we would dare step out and pray? We would dare step out and voice our desires. We would dare and not be afraid to speak to our mountain. Lord Jesus, I love you. I'm thankful for all that you're doing in our hearts and that your promises would be real and alive in us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Would you all stand, please?